So I was very resistant to taking on the CFO role when it was offered to me. And looking back, it was a role that transformed my career and I just did not want it. So I think the biggest surprise that I got when I went in there was realizing that while you needed the grounding in finance and accounting fundamentals to do the CFO role well, it was a fundamentally forward-looking role. This is Retained Learnings, a podcast where Canadian finance leaders share strategic advice and potential solutions to answer some of the finance department's most important questions. I'm your host, Rob Kazam, the founder and CEO of Float. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something from today's episode. Like in life, a career in finance is not always linear. And as much as we'd like to follow a step-by-step guide to reach our goals, not all pathways to the CFO role are identical. Some leaders might find they fit best at a larger, more mature company, while others are better suited for a startup environment. It might take a few lateral moves or experience in multiple industries before you're ready and able to lead a finance department. So in this episode, we're joined by Paritosh Gupta, the CFO at Felix Health. Paritosh has unique perspective and an unconventional path to his first role as a CFO. In fact, it wasn't exactly his dream job initially, but through many years of experience, he's learned what works best for him as a finance leader. He shares how being a CFO requires a mindset shift. By the role might differ depending on your business and industry, It gives advice on what aspiring finance professionals should focus on if they want to lead the finance function eventually. All right. Well, thanks very much, Paritesh Gupta, for joining us on Retained Learnings today. How's your day gone? It's great. And it's a pleasure to be here, Rob. Pleasure to have you. So maybe to kick off, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and uh, what was your unconventional path towards becoming a CFO? I am from India. I grew up there, did all of my education there and started working on the buy side at an investment bank called Lehman Brothers. Rest in peace. (laughs) And Lehman went down in 2008 and the entire team was asked to leave. And post that, I started a startup in the ed tech space with a few of my friends, uh, which unfortunately did not work out. And then I got this opportunity in Vietnam to help buy and build businesses. And the promise was great. There was this conglomerate that was looking to build a team that would just buy and build new businesses within that setup. And I said, sure, great, let's do it. So I went there against the advice of literally every person I spoke to. It ended up transforming my life, uh, really. I went there as an analyst, helped the conglomerate buy a mining company, and got really, really involved with the team that was building it. And about two years into that project, the CEO of the group said, hey, Paritosh, you are now the CFO for the mining vertical. Do whatever it takes to get it up and running. And so suddenly from being somebody who was doing deals and monitoring, I suddenly had to help build this mining company from from the ground up. And that's how I became CFO. Wow. Such varied experience. What do you trace your interest in finance to? I mean, you were in finance. uh, You started, I guess, in the investment banking world when you were in school. Was that something you were always drawn to? 
So interestingly, I did not want to get into finance at all. I come from a family that runs steel manufacturing factories. And so I always loved operations and I always loved physical operations. So seeing factories, seeing stuff go in, come out. And I thought I never understood finance. I got a finance internship by accident from my B-school. Once I got in, I found it to be pretty fascinating in terms of how you could transform money into more money. And so I realized that, hey, this is something that could be very, very interesting to do. You know, decided to, I got an offer from the investment bank, Lehman Brothers, and decided to, to stay into it. So it was pretty much against um, what I wanted to do that I got into finance and stayed there. Got it. Any interesting stories from your time at Lehman? I believe you were there for a year leading up to the bankruptcy. Anything, uh, any interesting stories uh, on the way out or at the end there? So I was 24, 25 when I was at Lehman. So I didn't have a clue about what was, in some sense, of about what was going on. Yes, we would log into the Bloomberg terminal every evening and see the stock price going down and down and down. I didn't have any stock in Lehman, so it did not matter to me. But the MDs and the senior VPs in the team, of course, had a lot of their comp linked to stock. But we still did not expect Lehman to go down. The, the talk was that Bank of America would take it up. And so I still remember my boss calling me on a Monday morning and waking me up and saying, hey, come to office. I'm like, what's going on? He said, hey, Lehman's filed for bankruptcy. It was pretty sudden, but we knew at that point that us being a buy side team, we would be out sooner rather than later. And, but it was very, very surreal in some sense, like nobody expected it. When we went into the office, the, it was, everyone was shell-shocked. People did not know what was happening, what would happen next. It was a very different experience. But, you know, the one thing that I took away from that, Rob, which I still won't uh, forget, is I used to build Excel spreadsheets, which I still love doing, of my net worth increase over a period of years. So, you know, linearly saying, this is how much my comp will increase year on year. This is how much I'll save. This is how I'll invest. This is what will happen. And none of it panned out the way. I really, I suddenly realized that life is way more nonlinear than my Excel sheets. And that's something that stayed with me throughout. Thanks for sharing. That's a, that's a great story and, and great lesson. So fast forward uh, to Masan Resources, I guess you, you were the CFO there, your first CFO experience. What was surprising about that role that maybe you didn't appreciate before you came into it? So I was very resistant to taking on the CFO role when it was offered to me. And looking back, it was a role that transformed my career and I just did not want it. And part of the reason I did not want it is I thought it was a role for accountants. So I think the biggest surprise that I got when I went in there was realizing that while you needed the grounding in finance and accounting fundamentals to do the CFO role well, it was a fundamentally forward-looking role. The role was not just to guard accurately what was happening and making sense of that, but also to look forward and say, hey, this is where we need to get to and chart that part forward with the rest of the team. And that is what really drew me into it versus what I thought it would be. 
I would say the other thing was I was getting to build a business up from scratch as opposed to telling other people how to build a business. And it's two fundamentally very different things. I was getting into the weeds. I was getting dirt under my fingernails. I was handling all of that mess that comes when you're building a business up from scratch. And I absolutely loved it. It's, it's one of the most rewarding things um, you can do, which is build something from, from the ground up. Sounds super, super interesting and meaningful. I mean, you, you spent time as a CFO in, in mining and then eventually transitioned uh, into the same position in technology. What were some of the kind of key differences of being a CFO at a tech company versus a mining company? And, you know, could you, could you share some examples? So it was a very interesting transition. I think the fundamental change in that I had to do was in my mindset. See, mining is a business where your upside is pretty capped. There's only so much material you can dig out of the ground process in the processing plant and sell to your end users every year. And so it really is more of a play on efficiencies, risk management, protecting your downside, making sure things don't go bust. And when I moved into tech, that's the mindset I took with me, a very, very risk-averse CFO mindset. And through some mistake that I made and, and through stuff that I, that I observed and learned, I realized that tech was very different in that what you were doing could have very significant upside if it went right. And so the mindset shift was understanding what if it goes right, what's the upside, and then balancing that against the downside risks, and, and obviously still making sure you don't go bust. Uh, one of the examples that I've written about too is this uh, zero deposit initiative we had at Zoomcar. Zoomcar is like Zipcar for India. Uh, that's the company I joined after moving back from Vietnam to India, and uh, I joined them as CFO. The business model was the, the company owned cars. They would give short-term leases out to customers. So we used to take a deposit from the customers, about $100, to cover any cost of damages, overages, et cetera. And the product team came up with a proposal to remove that deposit as a means to boost demand and to remove the friction at the front end. And I was absolutely opposed to the idea. I said, this is a really, really bad idea. We're going to lose so much money on it, uh, and so on and so forth. And I fought tooth and nail to not let it get implemented. It still got implemented. And we started looking at the data a few weeks and months down the line, and we realized that most of the people were still returning the cars in good condition. Most of the people were still paying for any overages or damage costs. There were a few that who were not paying up, and so our losses to that extent increased, but they were more than covered by the additional revenue and margin that we were making from those additional bookings. What I realized there was that's the upside risk that I'm talking about, right? If things go right, what can it generate for you versus, uh, versus the downside risk? And so that, that was a critical point for me to change this mindset of trying to understand the upside much better. The other thing I realized there later on, reflecting back, was 
this was an initiative that was reversible. If we tried it out and it did not work and our losses really went up, we could always shut down the initiative. And that's something I had not budgeted for in my mind when I was opposed to this idea. So there were two very, very big learnings that I took away from it. Um, you know, I know I became much, much more open to experimentation and, and trying out these different things uh, as, as a tech CFO. In finance, the numbers are always expected to add up. There's little room for errors. But Peritosh makes a great point that when it comes to your own career, it's not as straightforward. You have to keep learning and be willing to change your beliefs, especially if it's better for your business. Now let's hear about some of the tough times of leading a finance team and the advice Peritosh has for aspiring or new CFOs. Being a CFO at a, at a startup can obviously be a, a lot of late nights and a lot more demanding uh, than if you work at a, at a more established company. Why do you personally enjoy leading startup finance teams? I realize I am a builder. I just derive immense joy from building teams, building functions, building products, seeing things transform. And that more than makes up for the amount of pain that you need to take when you're building stuff at, at a startup. And things break all the time and stuff is on fire and there's nobody else to handle it but you. But it's all worth it at the end when you look back and reflect on what you've been able to achieve as, as a team together. Um, I'm not sure I would get that same feeling or experience working at a large company where I'm basically most of the time keeping the lights on. I live for that experience. I live for the joy. And, and so I think I would be a very, very bad fit at a large organization. So you talked about the reward uh, of the work uh, as well as the challenges. What are some of the really challenging experiences that you've had leading finance teams? Any battle stories uh, you can share? At one of the companies I was at, I joined as CFO. I was the first CFO. The finance and accounting team was very rudimentary. And the CEO told me, hey, we've just raised capital and part of the mandate is to get an audit done by a big four firm. I said, sure, no worries. I've done that before. We can do that. And we appoint an auditor and I start diving into our books and our books are an absolute mess. Like there is not a single item in there that we had confidence on. And so I'm working with a very young team. Our controller is relatively new. He was two or three months old in the org when I uh, joined as CFO. And you know, a month or two later, we started this audit process. And so we actually had to tell the auditor, hey, hold off for a few weeks, let us get back to you. And we, we started reconstructing our books from scratch. The backups we were using to reconstruct our books were literally in this one accounting executive's email inbox. Like we literally took over his inbox and said, hey, give us your password, 
we need to search like a hundred thousand different items from your inbox to understand where each of these payments, these line items, these expenses are coming from. And while we're doing this, by the way, we are also raising debt capital. Uh, we are also working on expanding the business. The rest of the business is still going on while the finance team is spending time doing this. And then we bring in the auditors and then they start pouring over our books and they have more questions. And we basically don't have answers to many of them or we are struggling. And midway through this process, our controller quits because he, he had a really, really bad health episode. And so now I'm working with a very, very young, inexperienced team with a big four auditor on the other side trying to get through our first audit. And we you know, redivided the work and who's going to you know, take responsibility for what part of this audit process. I don't remember a single work day during those days where we left office before midnight. I put my faith in the team. And the team stepped up. We got to a point of we gave the auditors whatever we, we could. And then I sat down with the partner and I said, listen, this is what we have. This is what we've given you. We do not have information beyond this. Give us a to-do list for next year's audit. And please sign up on this audit. The reason this this is so close to me is because one is when you are working through such situations with the team, the kind of bonds that you build with the team, you cannot build those bonds during good times. Like we still talk, I'm still close to all of these people that I've worked with several, several years back. And we still talk about the stuff kind of stuff that we went through in building the, the finance department at that company. Those bonds are super strong. And I could, I placed faith in the super young team and they delivered. And I've, I've realized I, I came up the same way. I became the CFO of a billion dollar company at 28. I had no clue how to be a CFO, but my CEO put faith in me and backed me. And I learned on the job. I made mistakes for sure, but I learned on the job and I, and I executed and I executed well. And it was the same faith that I put in my team and I backed them and you know, they, they, they delivered. What's unique about your experience is, you know, you didn't just grow into CFO, but you, you've also, um, you've also held positions as a, as a COO, uh, as a general manager. How did your experience as a CFO, um, make you a better COO and what, what unique perspectives did you bring into that role? Yeah, for sure. So my first COO stint was at Zoomcar. So I was CFO at Zoomcar for about a year and a half, slightly over. And then the, the CEO, Greg, uh, and, and I, we, we had a chat and he said, hey, we're looking for a COO. Are you, are you interested in this role? Uh, do you want to take it up? And, and I said, yes, absolutely. You know, I spent a lot of time on the ground learning before I said, hey, let's do this or, or started making changes. The analytical grounding that I had as a CFO and the understanding of input and output. So how what we do affects our output. So and especially in terms of financials, really helped me focus on the right things. SEO and prioritize with the team to say, hey, if we focus on these things, this is the impact. This could be the impact of what we deliver. 
And now at Felix Health, uh, full circle, you're you're a CFO at Felix Health. Anything you brought from the COO experience and the operating experience into your role now at uh, Felix Health as a CFO? Oh, absolutely, uh, a lot. So my CEO stint really gave me a perspective on the customer side of the business and the the product and the marketing and, and, and all of those pieces that I did not have as much before. And so I've become a much more well-rounded professional as a result of those experiences. So now when I have my CFO hat on and I'm talking through any initiatives with people, I can understand 360 degree what needs to go in to do it. I have a much better appreciation of the on-ground impact of any cost cuts or, or trying to get, you know, make things more productive or and so on and so forth. I have a lot, much better appreciation of what it really means to deliver those things. So being a CFO made me a better COO and being a COO made me a much better CFO. Yeah, unreal experience and very unique perspective that you bring to to both roles. What advice would you give to someone that's in a finance team and you know dreams of one day becoming a CFO? I would say understand that a CFO is a business leadership role. Start building an appreciation for what business you're in. Get into the business side of things, right? So what drives your business? What could break it? What's happening in the market? Build a much better, much more well-rounded view of your business and learn to communicate it to, to others. So spend time on the ground as much as you can to really understand the pulse of the business. The other thing I would say is step out of your comfort zone and get involved in a lot more commercial side of the business. So get involved in projects, new initiatives. As a finance professional, I would, of course, you have to have the, the right grounding in financial concepts and accounting concepts and all of that goes without saying. But really, a lot of times I see people lacking the business sense, the ability to explain what the business does in simple words and a real appreciation for how it runs. Unbelievable uh, insights. Thanks so much for sharing the great wisdom and experience. Uh, truly fascinating story and, and just really, really great discussion. Um, before we wrap up, where can our guests find more about you and Felix Health? Felix Health is an integrated home uh, healthcare provider for certain ailments. You can chat with the doctor, get your prescription, and get your medication delivered without having to leave your home. So you can do all of this from the convenience of your home. So that's what we are building at Felix Health. Uh, Lots of more ailments, product categories uh, coming down the line. And you can find us at felixforyou.ca. And as for me, I am relatively active on LinkedIn. I blog infrequently at paritoshgupta.com. So that's where you can find me. Thanks a lot. We can often find ourselves seeing a social media update about a colleague's promotion or new job without knowing the backstory, the tough decision that led to that point in someone's career. Becoming a leader is full of taking risks. 
When you make mistakes, which happens to everyone, it's about learning from them so that you can make better decisions in the future. Heritage's experience is an inspiring example of how serendipity, in combination with a lot of hard work, can play an essential role in reaching your goals. I really liked Peritesh's reflections about building a team bond while trying to overcome significant challenges. I've experienced tough challenges myself, and I'll always remember getting through them with the right people around me. Finally, as Peritesh shared, your finance career might be more of a winding path than a straight line climb up the ladder. Every peak and valley is part of the journey. Thanks again, Peritesh, for joining us on Retained Learnings and sharing your career experience. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retained Learnings. We want to reach as many Canadian finance professionals as possible. So if you have two minutes to spare, we'd love for you to rate and review the new show. Sharing on social media helps too, and you can tag at Flowcard. I'm Rob Kazam, and until next time, take care.